If he is up or down, his podcast still comes round. Hobbs is in his van. Don't turn off that sad nap man. Random screed, random screed. Don't know what you get, but it's what you need. Hello, screeders. I must have a lot of pent-up screeding to do because here are back-to-back episodes. Uh, There's a couple reasons for this. Uh, There was a lot of talk on uh, Audio Dungeon Discord concerning my last episode, and I got a lot of call-ins specifically from Liren, and whenever they start to build up, I miss them publishing them, so I want to respond as well as I could. So my question is, have you guys ever heard the old saying, it's better to love than to never have loved at all? I think that some experiences are required in order for you to understand how to do it. Even if that experience is very negative, then you're learning, right? Every failure, as long as you learn something, is a success. If you don't learn anything, then it's still a failure and that's on you. But nothing would ever be created or discovered in this world without failure because that's how we learn. Um, I mean, people have been talking about in the idea of full transparency. I would like to talk a little more about the events surrounding Hobbs and Friends and uh, why it is where it is today and what I learned through failure. That's my take on it. I don't know what yours is. But what I do know is today is Wednesday, July 24th, 2019. I am Jason Hobbs, and this is Random Screed. Hobbs, it's Rob from Down in a Heap. Hey, I heard that Macris interview that you did, and I thought it was great. Probably the best interview you've ever done. It was... There's nothing political about it. There's nothing controversial about it. It was just two guys talking about gaming. And if anyone got their undies in a bundle over it, they wanted to get their undies in a bundle over it. And if they think that anyone's making a ton of money pushing a fourth tier OSR game to fill the coffers of some imaginary or otherwise political movement or something... That's got to be the worst fundraising mechanism ever. I mean, it's just the whole argument is idiotic. And I haven't listened to Mr. Mark since the whole thing. Not that I ever did because it's none of those shows really interest me anyway. See ya. That was Rob C. from the great show Down in a Heap. So I got a couple responses to that, Rob. Um, I should try to take them in chronological order, I suppose. I totally agree. People are idiots. Completely and totally. And um, this whole situation with the way things are now is madness. I don't see how anyone can really ever be successful. You always have the... uh, It's hard to really say anything of substance because... 600 feet. Because at any given moment, someone can say whatever they want about you. And you can be affected by that because... This is not a court of law. People can say whatever Take the they next left on- People can say whatever they want about you and then you can be basically crucified by the rest of the people. 
and it happens. It's it's a real thing. Um, I'm not saying that all the people are not guilty that get crucified, because many of them are guilty. So take the next left on. As far as that goes, you know, it's a real deal, and unfortunately, it makes some people not want to say anything or produce anything just because uh, the ramifications, you know, uh, could really kind of destroy uh, the online persona that you have, which could be your brand or whatever, right? Uh, the other thing is um, there are shows and people in the Misdirected Mark Network that I like that are friends of mine. Uh, I've kind of been shut off from them. Some people still keep contact, but very, very, very few. Um, and that may change in the future. You know, things, time heals all wounds, they say. And for complete transparency, some of the things I talk about, I got from the Misdirected Mark show. Um, the importance of a lexicon that we all have and know is, in my opinion, still uh, very important. Um, the layers of the layers or tiers of play for different types of games was a brilliant episode. Um, they're nice guys. All of them are nice people trying to do what they think is right. Um, but what they think is right always isn't the same as what I think is right. And so, you know, when you have some ideological personal differences that affect your intellectual property, you have to take care of yourself or you're really not doing what you say you're doing. So I think, uh, you know, it's what I had to do. And um, that's where we are. And it's unfortunate. I think in some ways I'm sure there's some I told you so there from them. But I don't think uh, they were intentionally malicious. But maybe, you know, I don't know. You never know. People, you don't know. That's the bad thing about it. You never really know anybody you know until you do which is a pretty hopeless statement <laughs> anyway thanks for calling in rob i appreciate your passion and your sentiment thank you hey hobbs it's laren i'm happy to hear that you made another episode i have to tell you though when i hear the gps i can't help but think of the malodorous miasma episode where he did so much of that Oh, that was very funny. Anyways, I'm really happy to hear you back. All right, back to listening to the show. Hey, Hobbs, it's Liren. Thank you so much for the clarification that you offered in Discord. You know, when I heard your episode, I've caught the comments that people have made, and I was really happy to see that you responded, just because, you know, I, I end up stuck in this position where... I always think sunshine is the best disinfectant. I always think that when people are open about what goes down and how and why, and at least what their motives were, I think that people are able to make a much more informed, clear decision about how they're going to react. So like hearing that you interviewed this guy who some people said was a white supremacist or I don't I, I don't know if that's exactly what happened that's what it looks like happened to me just from out here on the outside hold on I am probably gonna pull a few Jacksons today I found myself wondering okay what on earth was in the interview and 
you know, what happened and what were people thinking and who knew what and, and, and what did they know? And you know what I mean? Like, of course I'm curious because, you know, I got to tell you, I've been listening to you for months now and you seem like a reasonable guy. I was like, wow, I, I can't really picture you just, you know, letting some guy go on some big rant about white supremacy on your podcast about role-playing games. I don't know. <laughs> I'm, you know, certainly it's your podcast. And if you wanted to do that, that's your choice. But having listened to you, I was like, he doesn't, doesn't seem like he would do that. I don't know. But, but the thing is, I understand your frustration with the fact that it got pulled down. And I think you probably got caught in a perfect storm. I hedge around politics here and there, but I don't really directly talk about politics on my podcast because politics is pretty contentious in this country now. And, and, but you know what, I'm just going to say what I'm thinking and let the chips fall where they may. So I think that when the last election happened, a lot of people got a very, very rude awakening. I think a lot of people who thought, you know, if you live in a city like Seattle, it is very easy to think that racism is a thing of the past and that, you know, a, a lot of things are a lot better than they really are. So, um, and I mean better in the terms of like, if you're poor or if you're a minority and you're in Seattle, your situation is probably better than if you're in the rural South. I grew up in Michigan and then moved to Seattle and then moved to rural Virginia. And let me tell you, I know I've said this before in my podcast. I felt like I jumped back in time about 75 years from where I grew up when I moved to rural Virginia. It's beautiful here. It is not that I think the people are mean or stupid. I think there is a very different worldview going on. And, and I, I know it happens other places too. It's just, I only have experiences with having lived those three places. So I can tell you, I think I had the rude awakening that a lot of people got after this last election when I moved to Virginia, because where I grew up in Michigan, what people were like, live and let live. You do you, I do me. I, you do what you want to do behind your closed doors. I do what I want to do behind my closed doors. And we're not each other's business unless we're putting each other in our business, you know? And then I moved to Seattle and everybody's like, yeah, you do whatever you need to do. And, and people were even more accepting of people who were outside of the norms. You can't see my air quotes, but I'm making them. <laughs> What's the air quote tone of voice? I'm not sure. Anyways. Um, and then I moved here and I, it is bizarre. It is bizarre to me. I will tell you <laughs> in the college town where I work, it's one thing. It's much more like what I'm used to, like in Michigan, where I grew up, they're not quite as progressive as Seattle, but, but, and I use progressive in a different way. I'll have to talk about connotations in a minute here, but my point is they're much more, um, uh, you know, you do what you want to do. And we actually support people being different from everybody else. And we don't mistrust you just because you're different in the terms of tribalism, just because you're one of them instead of one of us. When I moved here, I got my first real taste of the fact that there are very much people who think that people who are different from them are just trying to take from them. And 
people who don't trust the government even as they take aid and 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 a lot of things that I looked at and went, whoa, 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 there's a lot of cognitive dissonance there for me. Now, realize I, it's not that I'm saying they're wrong. They're just very different from me. And I realized after listening to Jonathan Haidt's work, H-A-I-D-T, I know I, I've mentioned him a couple times, about morals and moral foundations, I realized why. So when I moved here, I was really grateful that uh, I found Jonathan Haidt because I really didn't understand how people could have such opposing views and still be intelligent, caring human beings. Anyway, gosh, that was a lot of... I think you got caught up in the fact that a lot of people in this country had a very sudden, stark notification that things are alive and well that they thought were gone. Things like dog whistles and things like thinking all brown people are bad and and things like people marching through the town of Charlottesville and someone driving their car into a crowd of people. You know what I mean? So um, I think that what happened was all of a sudden deplatforming had a huge surge because people went, oh my gosh, those people don't need legitimization. And if we give them a platform where they can talk about this stuff, more people are going to come out of the woodwork and, and agree with them. And that's just so backwards. And, and that scares me. So anyway, I think what happened is a lot of people got really scared. They started thinking, okay, anybody who even smells faintly of any of that terrible stuff, whatever your definition of terrible stuff is, we're not giving any legitimacy and they're just bad human beings. When in fact, I hope that at this point we're kind of coming around to the fact that it's not that they're bad human beings, it's that they have a different moral foundation than we do. And I also think that here in rural Virginia, it is very easy to be isolated. You can live somewhere your whole life. I can't tell you how many people I know who have never left this tiny town, who have never even met a person from a different country, let alone whether or not they were here legally, illegally, or whatever. I mean, really, it, it's pretty crazy to me. I didn't realize that was a thing. It's not like I think I'm some great sociologist. I just saw a reaction on the national level that I had when I moved here, when I was just like, holy cow, okay, all the stuff I did not think was still an issue is very much alive and well and kicking. And my parents actually moved to Florida, and uh, how much they have changed since they moved to Florida is yet another reality check to me of, whoa, <laughs> like, it, it's... There's a lot of things that I had lived in this little bubble of thinking that everyone thought like I did. And it's not like I thought everyone thought exactly like I did, but I thought everyone thought the same as I did about things like human rights and things like taking care of each other and things like my community, including everyone, not just my church or my immediate family or people who are my same race. All that to say that it seems like you got really caught up in the grist mill of a lot of fear reactions and a lot of people going, okay, we just can't let anybody even talk about that stuff anymore. And 
you know, I, like I said, I didn't hear the interview. I totally believe you that there was nothing political said. I mean, I can totally see how that could have happened because people were really freaking out. And I'm sorry you got caught up in the middle of that. And fundamentally, you know, I'm really glad that you still podcast. I'm glad that you still do things that you're passionate about. I think that's important. I also think every human being has the right to make the decision of where they put their time, their energy, and their money. And you're right. The only real vote we have is our dollars and our energy because our energy actually represents dollars indirectly, right? So if people stopped listening to you over what happened, that's one thing. But it sounds like you lost a lot of listeners over a choice they didn't make over the fact that they didn't chase you down and figure out where they could find you or if you were even still podcasting. And that's really sad, and I'm really sorry that happened to you. And like I said, I'm glad you're still podcasting, and fundamentally, you know, the good news is that people who liked you and uh, liked the things that you were talking about and supported you are finding their way back to you. It's really sad all of them can't just have a mass discovery of where you are now, you know? But I am glad that some of them are finding their way back. And and you're always going to gain and lose listeners. I know, you know, I have the tiniest little audience and, and I don't even worry about that. I'm not doing it for the same reason, you know. I'm not trying to build a business or a brand. And, and I think that in your case, it's just heartbreaking to me that that happened when you were trying to do that. And you had developed this great following and... It seems like a train wreck occurred and the train got derailed and everyone went, oh, well, the train just went to the junkyard, not realizing that you picked that train up and put it on a different track. So anyway, (laughs) I am not going to, you are welcome to not publish this, publish this, do whatever you want with it. I just needed to say all of this to you because after I heard you talking about it today and I was like, weird, like I still have so many questions. And then you responded in in uh, discord, I realized, holy cow, like it's, I don't think it even was about what was said in the interview. I think it was about getting caught up in that horrible, you know, cyclone of fear reaction. So anyway, I'm glad that you had a wonderful vacation. And wait, what? That ain't no Jackson sister. That is Liren's own, I believe. So everybody, that was Liren from middle of no podcast from middle of nowhere i'm terrible at this guys anyway um thanks for calling in and sharing your thoughts i appreciate it uh i would say i think you're right and wrong i don't think that that time is over i think the time continues i think it started before that happened and it's still going on now it's just this struggle that uh, people don't agree with uh, the idea that you can have beliefs different than them. Um, on the same, in the same token, though, or maybe even in the same breath, I totally realize that you know there's a lot of messed up stuff in this country, and. Uh, we're going to have, you have to shake things up in order to change the status quo. So I can't necessarily fault them for that. Let's go. Geez, sorry guys. There's like a girl in front of me, totally on her phone, driving all over the place and super slow. 
super slow. Anyway, um, I don't even know how to answer. I'm not even sure you had a question in there. Uh, the GPS is definitely going to stay, as is my squeaky van. Apparently, that is not fixed, and uh, it has to go back into the shop. So, that's unfortunate, but um, we're still trying to get a show out for you all. And uh, right now, this is the time. If I didn't do this anymore and was driving like a regular vehicle around and selling oils and insurance and water softeners then uh, I think it would be a different different situation so let's make that happen people <laughs> if you're in Illinois and 65 years of age or turning 65 this year or are interested in open enrollment to change your Medigap insurance please give me a call at uh, Jason Hobbs or send me an email at Hobbs at Hobbs N letter N friends Dot com. Thanks for calling in, Liren. Thanks, you guys, for putting up with all my craziness. I think we got one more call. Hi, Arfid here. Uh, great to hear you're back on the mic. Um, just been listening to your latest podcast. And, uh, yeah, I think maybe you think overall you've lost something by leaving that network some time ago. Uh, well, as far as listeners, you may have lost some numbers but you've certainly made a lot of people happy with the anchorites and uh, encouraging more and more anchor podcasts to appear lots of them that i listen to um, they're enjoying making the podcast i think you've joined what is one of the best communities out there in osr and in gaming in general so you've done a lot for a lot of people and i hope you know how much people appreciate it and uh, I hope you keep doing what you're doing and uh, just keep up the good work. Cheers. Yes, my man, our fed, Darren Green. It is indeed a great company. I really don't believe that I can say I built it on my own. Um, I think some of the bigger players would have been Tim from Gothridge Manor, Matt Jackson from Matt Random, Eric Tenkar. Uh, from Eric Tenkar's Tavern Talk and a few other people. It seems like those are probably the strongest, uh, but not as strong as they could be because only the strongest survive, right, Matt? Uh, I miss old Matt. He seems to have withdrawn for a time. Probably mad at me. Son of a gun. Anyway, I f appreciate the call in and I thank you for it. And uh, I don't plan on going anywhere. In fact, I plan on doing more than ever. So sit back, get your laptops out, get your earbuds ready, and let's rock and roll. So as some of you know, I am uh, running a traditional OSC, Old School Essentials BX campaign called Lost in Agata. It takes place in the Midwest of uh, my setting, the Emergent Empires. And uh, we're done with session five. So the set first session was kind of short. Uh, but I am really finding that the characters and thereby the players uh, are enjoying interacting in uh, the little community of Barth on the uh, frontier of Uther and the edge of Kugata. So... I ask you, what do you all think about experience? So 
in BX and OSE, the experience for killing monsters is extremely minimal. And uh, the most of your XP is going to come from treasure. One gold piece, one XP. Which is all fine and dandy, but if you enjoy interacting with NPCs, and that could take up a whole session because your sessions are only an hour, hour and a half long, then you're going to do a lot of sessions and a lot of hours before you actually get into a position to even go up a level. So at the current rate, we're looking at 10 to 15 sessions just to reach level 2. Which, you know, for a fighter or a cleric, that's not necessarily a huge deal. But for a wizard, holy cow, that is a lot of sessions that could kill you. So I ask you people, what do you do about experience in a BX or Old School Essentials game that isn't serial? It isn't episodic. It's really a serial game. In many sessions, aren't even going to be a lot of dice rolling, nor a lot of treasure gained. So what do you do? Here's my new tagline. What do you think? I already forgot it. Won't you be my gamer? Because I'm Mr. Hobbs's neighborhood. Later, people.